But as we look at the end of the parable of the prodigal son, we see that the son has returned home because he really had nowhere else to go. But he didn't think he had alienated himself from his father. He had embarrassed himself and he had embarrassed his father. He had gone off and made a complete failure of his life. And he knew that he didn't deserve to be brought back into the family. And so he went back home hoping that his father would just show some compassion and let him be a servant in the house. And so he goes repentant, humiliated before his father. And his father runs, greets him, kisses him, puts a ring on his finger and a robe on him. And then he calls for the fatted calf to be killed and they have a party. They have a celebration and everyone is there. The neighbors have come and uh, festivities are about to begin. And yet there's an empty place at the table. Even though the one son has come home, there's another son outside that isn't coming in. And so what does the father do? This is an embarrassing thing to the father because the father is the one that's throwing the party. And for his oldest son to not go in, to refuse to associate uh, with those that were inside was a slap in his father's face. And he could have kicked his older son out of the family because the older son has already in his face dissociated himself. Said, this son of yours won't even call his brother by name. And you didn't even do this for me or that for me. And yet look how sweetly the father talks to the elder brother. He said to him, he said, son, you have always been with me and all that is mine is yours. See, he's not disowning him, even though his son with his words is disowning his father. But we had to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours. Notice that the father pins the brother back on him. This brother of yours was dead and has begun to live and was lost and has been found. We had to celebrate and they celebrate with a meal. And the thing is, is that that is the way that they celebrated back then. That's the way that, that you commemorated major occasions was with a meal. And mealtime was a very special time. And the people that gathered around wound up having a special bond as they gathered around the table. And what's being depicted here, again in this story, we see 
all of the Bible just compacted into one little story that Jesus tells. It is so filled with things for us to draw from. And you know, it's in the Old Testament, it taught one of the prophets talked about how there's going to come a time at the end of the age when the Messiah came and took over, that there was going to be a great feast. And men and women from all nations and from every part of the world would gather for this glorious time, this glorious feast. And that was foretelling what was going to be, what was said at the end of the Bible. After the rapture, when the bride is all together, when we have all, all of us who have died in the Lord have been resurrected and taken to heaven to be with the Lord. He has come and he has appeared in the sky and we have gone to be with him. And those of us who are still living when that happened are changed and we all have our spiritual bodies and we're going to gather as his bride for a wonderful feast. We're all going to be gathered around the table. And you see, to eat with someone was to accept them and to actually make them in a way a part of your family. Because you see, let's say, and you don't have to go way back then to see this. Uh, we've got Thanksgiving coming up and many of you will gather with family and friends and you'll sit where? In the living room, maybe for a while, but there will come a time when you'll gather around a table and there will be those there that you love and that are close to you. But then there are going to be those that aren't there that you're going to miss. I was just thinking of all those that have been at family gatherings that I can remember. Those that I miss now that are no longer with us here. Gosh, my great uncles and aunts uh, that could that lived through the Great Depression and, uh, and and saw all the changes that took place in this world in their lifetime. It was so neat to sit around and listen to family stories that need to be passed on from generation to generation. I miss them. I miss my grandparents because they no longer gather around the table with us. I miss my mom and dad. There's so many, so many that have gone on that no longer sit at the table. And I look forward to that day when I will be able to be reunited with them, with all the saints that have gone on before. I look forward to that time because there's just a closeness that comes and that we share that it's somehow, and you may know of people and maybe you've had these family gatherings where one person was at odds with maybe somebody else and they don't show up and there's an emptiness there and they're missed. 
Well, this reflects the very heart of God. This missing those who are not at the table. And in the process of, do, of, of, of Jesus telling this tale, you've got to remember again who he's telling this tale. Who's the benefit, the beneficiary of it? Yes, it's those who are the lost sons that are there before him that he has been eating and drinking with and that the scribes and the Pharisees are griping about. But you see, they are the older brothers. They are the older brothers. They are the ones who are standing outside grumbling. And what does he do? Does he chide them for it? Does he poke them for it? They may have felt like that is what he was doing. But really what he was doing, just as the father invited the older son to come in, he is addressing his enemies, those who are going to be plotting to kill him. And he's saying, these have already come in. Won't you come in too? And just as sweetly, just as sweetly as the father talks to the older brother, Jesus is speaking to the older brothers who are standing there today. And this would have been very understood by those who were gathered there that day because they would have been putting two and two together because remember there were two other stories that he told before this one, weren't there? He told the story of the lost sheep and the shepherd goes out and finds the sheep and he brings the sheep where? Home. There's the lost coin. And the lady looks and searches and finds the lost coin and returns it to where it should be. In both cases, there are celebrate, they're celebrating. In all three cases, they're celebrating. But do you notice there's something missing from the third story? Shouldn't somebody have gone out looking for the older brother? They would have picked up on that and then it would have dawned on them. You see, in that society, it was the oldest brother's responsibility to maintain the integrity of the family and to make sure that the family was together. And a true older brother that was filling his responsibility and seeing the longing and the grieving of his father because his son was not at the table would have said, Father, I want to go find my little brother. And I don't care what it takes. I'm going to find him and I'm going to bring him home. That's what a true older brother would have done. And see, the reason why there's no older brother in the tale is because the true older brother is there telling the tale at that time. And look what he's already done. He's already brought in scads of younger brothers. 
He's brought them in. And do you know, I wanted to share a couple of passages with you. First, let's look at Matthew in uh, Mark, the uh, second chapter, and, and look at his calling. Mark, the second chapter. It says, uh, and, it have, and he, as he passed by, he saw Levi. That's Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax booth. He's a tax collector. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. And it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. Now look at what happened. Matthew got up and followed Jesus. And he was so grateful that the Lord would bring him in to his family and bring him into the kingdom of God. And he didn't even know that he was eligible to be a part of the kingdom of God. And this was such a wonderful thing, such good news to him. And, and, and Jesus means so much to him. What does he do? He has a party. Who do you invite to your party? You invite your family and you invite your friends. And it just so happens that Levi or Matthew's family and friends were tax collectors and sinners. And so they come in and they are all there feasting together and they're overjoyed. And it says, and it happened that he was reclining at the table in his house. That's the Matthew's house. And listen to this. And many tax collectors and sinners were dining with Jesus and his disciples. And listen to this. For there were many of them and they were following him. I'd never noticed that before. You see, the true older brother has come and he is bringing the younger brothers home and they've got to have a party and they do. And the younger brothers are so happy to be there. They didn't think just like the younger brother in the tale that Jesus tells. They didn't think there was a place for them at his table. And yet there was. And it goes on. When the scribes and Pharisees saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, they said to his disciples, why is he eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners? And hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. And then he says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. He makes that even clearer just a little bit later on, shortly before he uh, goes to the cross. In fact, he's on his way to Jerusalem and he and there's this guy named Zacchaeus and Zacchaeus was uh, trying to get up and look at him and he climbed up in a tree. So Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd for he was small in stature. 
And so he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him, for he was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they being the Pharisees and scribes, they began to grumble. They're just always grumbling, aren't they? They began to grumble. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But listen what Zacchaeus does. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to do what? To seek and save that which was lost. And so you see Jesus, the true older brother, every time the scribes and the Pharisees are grumbling, what he is doing is what a true older brother should do. Go out to the one, the brother that's lost and bring him in. And yet they shunned the older brother, the younger brothers. They were not true older brothers. And we'll look more at why they were that way and why the older brother was this way next week. But the thing is, there will be a time when we will all be together, all gathered around, reunited with those who have gone on before. And, uh, and we will just like we have, we have felt lost. We always feel lost in this world. It's like we're never really home. Every house that we live in, it's hard to find one that really, it's, there's, no matter how much we make it our home, there's always something that's not quite right. And that's because our true home is in heaven. And when we get there and we're gathered together with all our brothers and sisters in Christ, united by him and with him, we'll probably feel something like Jewel the Unicorn felt in the Chronicles of Narnia when he said, I belong here. I've come home at last. This is the land I've been looking for all of my life, though I never knew it will be home. Well, today we gather around a table and we share a feast and we can share in this feast because we have a true older brother who was willing, no matter what it took, no matter what sacrifice it took, was going to do what he could to bring his younger brother home. And he also invites the older brothers to come too. 
so that we might be one body in one place. And so today as we come to the communion table, uh, first of all, I want us to remember here that we this is the Lord's table. It's not St. Philip Methodist Church's table. And if you, no matter what your denomination, no matter what your background, if Jesus is your Lord and your Savior, then you're our sister, you're our brother in Christ. And we invite you to come and celebrate what he has done for us. And remember, this is just a foretaste of that wonderful time when we will be together with our true older brother in such a way that we can never, ever imagine. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.